Welcome to the CX Fanatics podcast, the show that helps DTC businesses increase revenue, referrals, and retention through exceptional customer experience. Tune in weekly for interviews, insights, and inspiration that will catapult not only your profits, but your growth. I'm your host, Elisa Connor. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the CX Fanatics podcast. I'm so grateful you're here. And today we are talking about customer service versus customer experience and what the differences are and um, why they are different things. And so you may be familiar with customer service that is typically um part of your organization, depending on how big your organization is, you might be taking care of multiple um, facets, but it's taking care of customers after they purchased. And so they may have questions, they may have concerns, they may have problems. Um, and usually the customer service department is the person or group of people that takes care of um, those issues. So depending on the size of your business, like I said, that could be one person, that could be three people, it could be 20 people. When we talk about customer experience, customer experience is really the entire journey your customer takes with you from the minute that they learn and discover your brand all the way through learning about who you are, what you do, and how you help to the purchasing process and then actually purchasing and um, becoming a brand advocate post-purchase. Now that sounds very simple and it sounds very straightforward, but that is not, as you know, human beings are very different and that is not always the case. A customer journey can be very complicated and it is typically different for nearly every customer, but there are also some similarities in that journey and we're not um, going to dive too deeply into that um, customer journey process on the podcast because it is unique for every business. Um, And there are definitely some things that you can apply across different businesses. But if that's something that you think would be of interest for your specific um, business or product, let me know. And um, I will cover that in a future episode or do a training of some sort around that. So when we're talking about customer experience. A lot of people are, they think, oh, that's just something that customer service handles. And I want to be really clear that customer service is one um, very valuable piece in the customer experience journey. And when I say valuable, we're going to talk about that in just a minute, how to tap into those insights, but they are again, one piece. And so it really, customer experience touches every single part of the organization from marketing to sales, to um, customer service, to um, post sales or integration, or if you have a product, it could be even um, delivery, delivery of the product and then follow up. And a lot of people just drop the ball after people purchase. And that's an opportunity right there to increase revenue and profit. So... One of the um, conversations I've been having lately with businesses is about why satisfied customers are not enough to keep a business profitable and to keep customers coming back. And there's a couple of reasons for that. And I alluded to it, if you missed the transition episode that I did earlier, uh, I alluded to it in that episode. And so I wanted to talk about that for a couple couple minutes. Um, So there's a few things going on in the marketplace. And they're all kind of happening at once. 
which is why we have this. It's more than a trifecta. I don't know what a four fourfecta. I don't know what that would be. Um, but you guys get you get my drift. But there's quite a few things happening at the same time. And because they're happening at the same time, it's causing this uh, little bit of a frenzy in the marketplace. And it's causing businesses to shift quicker than they are often prepared to do. And so um, the first one that we can talk about is that there's a new generation of buyers on the scene. And most marketing has been straight out of the 70s and 80s. Let's just face it. Like it's, you know, sell, sell, sell. And if they don't buy, then we'll go get new buyers. And then we'll sell, sell, sell to them. And if they don't buy, then we'll go get new buyers. Well, that is becoming increasingly expensive, increasingly annoying to consumers. And um, it's really not helping businesses in the long run. And so the new generation of buyers, um, when I say that, it's, more than an age group, but also includes an age group. And so one, buyers are much more sophisticated and they are also a lot more aware of marketing and sales tactics. And so it's made them almost skeptical. And so even if you are trying to do the right thing and trying to serve your clients in the best way possible, it may not be received that way because other people have ruined the opportunity for you to be forthright. And so we have to work harder as businesses to get in front of people and to really show them that, yeah, we're we're really not trying to be slimy or we're not always trying to sell you. And so I use this statistic quite often in presentations and in um, training when I do it. And I came across it, it was about a year ago and it was a sales training uh, survey. It was a, a company that does sales training. And it said, in this survey that 97% of people that come across your brand are not ready to buy. And that to me was flabbergasting. It was like 97% of businesses are not ready to buy or people are not ready to buy from your business. And yet most of our previous marketing experience has been um, let's sell to everybody that comes in the door as though they're ready to buy. And I think that's where we're going astray. And so we not only have that going on, super saturation of marketing and being marketed to, but we also have a new generation of buyers coming on the scene who look at purchasing and how they spend their resources very differently. And that is a little bit Gen X, a lot more millennial, and even more so Gen Z. And so when you look at those different buying groups, they do not have the same spending habits, nor do they have the same resources available that their baby boomer, or I I would even say some Gen X parents did. did. Um, And it's mostly the boomer generation. And so we are still marketing to a generation that is no longer the strongest purchasing power in the market. And so um, we need to kind of take a look at how are we involving our future buyers in our business. And then the other piece that I wanted to step back to was that the way that people have been marketed to, and I say it's from straight out of the 70s, it's probably earlier than that. But we have this philosophy around marketing that um, was adopted when we had basically just television and radio to promote things. 
And so we were not constantly inundated. It was like you had to be listening to the radio or watching television to see these advertisements. And so they were strategically placed or in a newspaper. Um, And now we are inundated 24 hours a day by social media. And so if you're on social media or you're even now streaming television, you're inundated with advertising constantly. And to uh, furthermore, (laughs) that conversation, more um, of the larger businesses like Amazon, and I, I haven't read Netflix, but I would not be surprised if they're next, are integrating advertising into streaming platforms because they know that there's money to be made there because businesses will pay to be in front of their audience. So I don't foresee it getting better. And I think that in order to stand out from the norm, you have to look and think about things differently and think about it from the customer perspective. And the market currently with the shift in intelligence, but also the shift in the generational dynamic is demanding more personalized and customized products and services. They just are. And they can because it's one of the only ways we can stand out from everybody else in our industry is by providing a more customized, um, personalized experience. And that comes through knowing our customers. And that is the key element of customer experience. Imagine that putting the customer at the forefront of what you're doing. And so most people won't do that because they think one, it's a lot of work. And two, it's so foreign to the way that they've done things in the past that it is challenging them on a lot of levels. And then the third is, is that in this, I found um, the hard way is that many of the people that tout being customer experience experts are not necessarily focusing on the right things. And they like to, this isn't going to be nice, but they are not. The reason that they, I have found that they're not experts is they're not walking their own talk. And so I don't know how you can be an expert in something if you aren't practicing it and you aren't putting it forward. When we look at our sales and marketing and we look at um, bringing people into our funnel specifically, and because we're going to break this down into several episodes, I'm just going to give you a a teaser. We're going to talk about each um, of the the three main sections of bringing a customer into your ecosphere. So when I say the three areas, it's before they become a customer, while they're becoming a customer, and after they're a customer. Sneak peek, those are coming. And um, we're not going to dive too deeply into those. But when we are looking at what most people are doing in their business, they are automating as much as possible, which I'm not saying is bad, but it's being automated ineffectively. I say that because there's a lot of pressure or idealism around jumping onto the next big tactic, whether that's AI or jumping into the metaverse or jumping on the next social platform to just do it, but they're not doing it effectively because they aren't even necessarily looking to see, okay, are my people there? What are they saying? What, you know, how are we getting feedback? Are we getting feedback? And there's no measurement of what's working or not working. It's just, let's just do it because everyone else is doing it. And that's what we think we should do. Um, So they're not setting goals from the perspective of what would really show that this is meaningful to our customers. And instead of the analytics that are mostly measured 
is how many new followers did we get? How many people liked our post? But likes and follows are not necessarily um, correlated to customers. And even engagements of, you know, a comment on your post is not necessarily correlated to customers. And so it's easier to transition those people from a comment to purchasing when you understand them and give them the opportunity to move forward in a conversation and engage with you. And so those are the, some of the things that we're going to talk about in upcoming episodes. A lot of sales and marketing tactics that are accepted um, best practices for marketing and sales in any industry, but specifically direct to consumer because people just don't know better are actually having the alternative effect. They are annoying customers. They're making them unhappy. They're not um, supporting customers if they have a problem. And so um, instead of taking a step back and going, wait a minute, why isn't this working? Or why are people mad? Or, you know, listening to your customer um, service team and asking, okay, what are people saying? And actually taking what they say and putting it into practice, they're they're having adverse effects because they aren't focused on putting the customer at the heart of their business. And I think it's easy to think that if somebody's in your funnel, or even if they purchased, that they're automatically become going to become a brand advocate. And that's just not the case. We have to work for that relationship. Just like you wouldn't go on a first date and say, hey, do you want to get married? <laughs> no, no, I don't. In fact, you're creepy and don't call me again. And we yet yeah, we treat relationships with our customers in that exact same way. And it, it's just not going to happen. One of the other kind of hiccupy things that people do is that they only communicate with customers when they want them to purchase or purchase again. We have, you know, people that will sign up for, I, I did this little experiment on my um, sabbatical. I'm going to call it a sabbatical. And I would just go sign up for email lists just to see what would happen. And it was so interesting. So the first thing was that there are certain industries that really have not picked up on the uh, cue of nobody wants to be on your email list at all. Nobody wants your newsletter. I hate to tell you, they don't want it. Even if you think they want it, they don't. I would just go sign up for things just because I was curious what would happen. And I always like to see how the funnels work. And um, so it was so interesting because I went and there was a certain industry. I'm not going to throw them under the bus, but they still think that everybody wants their newsletter and they don't. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to sign up for it. So I signed up for no less. I think it was like 25. And here's the most interesting part in this industry, in a specific industry. Maybe I should just throw them under the bus. All right, I'm throwing them under the bus. It was the wine industry. So the wine industry, every website you go to is, hey, sign up for our newsletter. And so um, just out of spite, I went and signed up for, I think it was like 25 newsletters. And out of those 25, here I thought, oh, my email inbox is going to get flooded. I'm probably going to have to unsubscribe. Uh Uh-uh. There were two labels that even emailed me. And one of them, it took no less than two weeks to get an email from them. And I was like, barely remember signing up. And only because I had signed up for all of these different ones that I thought, sure, they're all going to email me. And then the kicker was, is the one that did email me, emailed me every single day 
with a coupon or bar uh, barraging me with some way to purchase. And that's not a newsletter. That's like you sending out reasons to purchase. And like I said, 97% of people are not ready to buy and yet you're barraging them with buy, buy now, buy now, buy now. Well, that's a used car salesman tactic that doesn't even work in the car industry anymore. That's why you have companies like CarMax <laughs> because they're getting rid of the whole car salesman process. People don't want to be sold to. They just want to pick what they want and move on. And then last but not least, customers aren't being treated like a human being. They're treating being treated like a number. And nobody wants to be treated like a number. In fact, they're demanding to be treated as individuals. And younger generations are specifically demanding it. And those are the future of industry. And so if you're not figuring this out now, you're going to really struggle in the next five to 10 years when all of those um, younger buyers are making buying decisions at a much higher level um, as they graduate from college and as their incomes expand. If you're not making adjustments now to speak to them and treat them as though they're human beings and you're invested in them as a person, you're really going to struggle. All right. So now you know, like, all of the things that are not going well. <laughs> you're like, what? We're doing all of those things. Um, and if you are, that's okay. You're not alone. It's a not only an industry wide thing, it's like an a, a worldwide thing right now. Like everybody's kind of struggling because there's all these different changes. And it's like, um, <clears throat> I don't it's like uh, our own version of a pandemic. It's a business pandemic. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. But there are some things you can do. Um, and they're not terribly difficult. And there are things that you can do a little at a time to improve customer experience. The number one is a lot of times, so I have a mentor and he always, he has a great saying and I've, I've adopted it quite often um, in my own business. And that is to make progress. A lot of times you need to slow down in order to speed up. So what does that mean? Well, you need to slow down and see like, where are you in the scheme of things? And a lot of times, especially when it comes to sales and marketing specifically, and even customer service, you are in the midst of trying to solve problems. And so things are created on the fly. And a lot of things that are created on the fly are not necessarily effective or working. Yet, we don't take the time to step back and go, hey, wait a minute, why are we doing it this way? Why is it created this way? Why are we spending time on this? Why are we spending resources on this? Um, and is it working? Is it getting us to our goals? Is it getting us to the results we want? And if the answer is no, then you need to be like, wait, cut that protocol. We need to come up with something different. And so getting a baseline of where you are and what's working and what's not working is critical. Like, because so many times we're just like spit firing and throwing things out there and hope, wish, and a prayer. And I don't care if you are a small business owner or if you are a Fortune 500 company. I have been in both. And this happens across the board, any size of organization, because it is so often that we're in reaction mode that we don't take time to sweep up the dust from the previous fire that we just had to put out. And so if we can take a few, um, even if you just take a few days, like whatever you can carve out to say, wait a minute, we need to inventory where we are, what we're doing, 
why we're doing it, and does it align with the goals that we have for our business or our um, revenue or revenue goals? So specifically, if we're looking at the wine industry and we're really wanting to grow our wine clubs, we may have been doing things for the last three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years since inception. And some of those things that we're doing that we created 10, 15 years ago are no longer applicable because we don't live in that world anymore. Yeah, we're still doing them because it's the way we've always done them. And there's this process and people said we should do it this way. And people that don't even work here set up the process. And so we need to reevaluate, okay, why are we doing those things? Why are we posting on Instagram every day when we're not getting any sales from it? We're not getting, nobody's paying attention to it. We, you know, know we should be doing something and just inventorying, okay, what are the things we're doing? Why are we doing those things? Is it getting us from point A to point B? And if the answer is no, then it's time to, to do some chopping. So that's step number one, figure out where you are. Step number two is to assess your current customer relationships. And what I mean by that is please, for the love of all things holy, do not survey your customers. Do not send them a survey. Um, Surveying has gone, uh, it's gone rogue. Like, I don't know what's happening. I'm even getting surveys from my dentist. I'm like, you cleaned my teeth. I don't want to fill out a survey about teeth cleaning. Like, I don't, one, I don't have time. And two, if I didn't like how it was going, I would have said something. And so I don't know if they just don't think people are going to give them feedback or I don't know what's happening, but stop the surveys. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Stop the surveys. Instead, try to have conversations. And so when we're having those conversations, we need to be mindful that we can't always talk to customers who love us. And we can't always talk to customers who are cranky and ha- are mad at us because those are both very biased views. We have to find middle ground. And if we are having those conversations with people that love us, great, let's write some of that stuff down. But then we have to balance it with the cranky people who are not happy at all. Um, and then find some people in the middle. And so the best resource for some of those conversations is going to be your customer service team because they're going to deal with people all across the board. They're going to, yes, they're going to have a lot of cranky people, but they're also going to have happy people. And so what tactics can you employ or what process can you um, create around gathering customer feedback? Whatever that might be, gather the data and then figure out how you can have more of those ongoing conversations, especially with people that have worked through a problem and are now brand advocates, because those are going to be your key players. They're going to offer you the most insight on how you transform that relationship and you can have more of those conversations. And then last but not least, when you're having those conversations, make sure you're getting the feedback from your team because they will also hear and see things that other people that are not in their position will not see or hear. So for example, if you have people answering phones or answering um, complaints or having to deal with customer service issues, those should be documented somewhere. And those conversations should be documented so that when you're creating sales and marketing materials, you can refer to those conversations and ensure that whatever issues are coming up are being addressed and that things are being properly communicated. 
Because more times than not, situations of dissatisfaction can be handled before they occur. Make sure that those conversations include your team and different pieces of your team, because it's not always like by the time it gets to customer service, it's already been escalated. So maybe you want to include other parts of your company like delivery or shipping or even accounting. I think there could be any any number of uh, details that could be coming in from all of those departments that will give you a different perspective than what you are used to seeing or hearing or that you're exposed to. The last thing to kind of consider if you're taking another step is to just make micro changes. Because a lot of times we just want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, get rid of everything, and start over. Well, when we do that, we have to restart our learning and restart learning everything we're doing um, and all the information that we had. So when we make micro changes um, for products or for marketing or for um, how orders are processed or whatever it might be, when you're making those micro changes, it's much easier to go, wait, that wasn't it, back off and go back to the way it was and then you know try it again. In, in a different light, but you've always learned something. So if you're making micro changes and it goes awry, you know, change it back really quick. <laughs> Take note. Oh no, we did this and it didn't work. So next time let's try this instead of just making, you know, monumental shifts. Like for example, we're going to stop posting on Instagram altogether to, or we're going to switch our entire platform over to Snapchat. And then you get over there and there's like crickets and nobody's there and it's not leaning anywhere. In the meantime, all of your Instagram followers are going, what, what happened to them? Like they were here every day and now they're gone. If you're going to make those changes, just make sure one, that you're observing what's happening and two, you're not making giant changes all at once. <clears throat> so just those three steps, recap, and then we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, number one, slow down to speed up. You got to take a step back, see, you know, what spaghetti hit the wall and why you're still doing what you're doing. And is, does it make sense? Assess where you are. And along with that, figure out what's working, what's not working. Two was to have more conversations, not only with customers, but with your team, your entire team, so that you can get insight on how to increase customer engagement and customer satisfaction. And then last but not least, um, if you're going to make changes, make micro changes and then evaluate along the way so that you know, you know, if things are changing, are they working? Are they not working? Do we break something? Um, put it back? <laughs> you know, all of those sorts of things. That is a wrap for today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, I appreciate one sticking to the end. And two, uh, I would love for you to share this with a friend if you think it was useful. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate being here and I will see you next week. Take care. Did you miss something in the show today? Didn't have time to take notes listening on the go? No worry. I've taken notes for you. You can head on over to dtcgrowthclub.com forward slash podcast and there'll be links and a description to today's episode. In the meantime, take care, stay well, and I'll see you soon.